Well, I can't put five, one, two, three, four, five, I train with, so the other five. The other, <laughs> there you go, there's the answer. There isn't a person alive that you could put me in a cage with that I couldn't beat on the feet. I know how good I am, and all I need to do is prove that, and I haven't yet, but in time, we'll look back at this video, and we'll go, fuck, that kid was right. That's nice. What's up guys, I'm Ian, the future Machado Gary, and today we are gonna run through the UFC top 10 welterweights. I'm gonna talk some shit about them, talk some good things, and just tell you my opinions on them all. Coming in at number 10, we have Shavkat. Rachmanov. This guy is a savage. Um, I have had the pleasure of training with him. He is as good as they say he is everywhere. He is well-rounded, a great wrestler, a great submission artist, as we've all seen, 16 fights, 16 finishes. The fucker did try catch me with a spinning heel kick one time, and I was like, ha! Not today, pal. No way. No, 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 no. That's not happening. Not in my heart. But yeah, he deserves all the hype. I didn't know he was in the top 10, so I'm, I'm delighted he is, but he's uh, yeah, he's a savage. I, I, hope, I hope he does really, really well. He is one of those guys that he's good everywhere, like really good everywhere. He's patient, he's methodical, and from what we've seen of him in the UFC, he's been great. I mean, 16 fights, 16 finishes. That's sensational. I don't care if you're doing that against cans or you're doing that against mediocre guys. That's still fucking hard to do. Me and him are going to have some more good scraps in the future. I can guarantee that. That's for sure. So... Coming in at number nine on the list is my boy Vincente Luque. I owe this guy dinner. I owe this guy dinner because I bet him I could sub him before he'd sub me. I lost. Yeah, so I, to, I owe him. I owe him food. But he is an absolute gentleman. He is the type that will kill you with kindness. But then he's a savage in the cage. Like he really is. He like he's technical. He's aggressive. He's smart. He's well-rounded. Again, obviously, he's the ninth best welterweight in the world for a reason. The, the reason I chose to go to Killcliffe is because of the elite welterweight talent that trained at that gym. That was why I went. I think probably four guys on this list, I'm gonna tell you, are teammates or I have trained with before, I'm probably not gonna fight them. Not that I wouldn't, but like that's the conversation we're gonna have. His left hook is really fucking good. Like it's really, really good. But I really like his, his, his front headlock system, like his Darius, he's got really good locks up on the, the Anacondas and stuff. So he puts pressure on you and makes you wanna take him down. His submission game is underrated for what it is because he's so good on the feet. Number eight on the list, Sean Brady. The guy who made me kind of a bit happy when he lost in, 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 not a, in not a dick way towards him, but more to boost me because there was one more person on that undefeated list in welterweights that wasn't there, which is like kind of just a cool feather in my cap. You did it! Congratulations! But I never want to see people lose. Like I think Sean Brady's awesome. I think he's a great talent. Um, he's phenomenal jiu-jitsu, great grappling. Like, Bilal just showed he was better, and that was it. I don't see Sean Brady going down. I just see him kind of coming back from this in a different way and just changing his game. The first guy on the list who I could potentially actually end up fighting because I don't train with him. And it'd be a great fight. It'd be very, very cool. I mean, he's a strong, stocky guy, likes to push a pace, likes to wrestle, likes to grapple. Kind of exact opposite to what I want to do. So stylistically, it'd be a cool fight. He's in the top 10. I ain't there yet. But when I get there, any of them can get it. Any of them and all of them can get it. Teammates alone, I'll train with the fuckers and I'll tell them that every day. But yeah, I think Sean Brady, he's a good talent. He's young and he has a lot of time to learn and come come back from that loss if i was in his position now i would just be like that's okay like you can win and learn you can lose and learn like no matter what you do you can learn and we could see a demon 
in Sean Brady because he's he's had that kind of ob and struck off his record and he could come back with a vengeance and look to kind of wreak havoc on the division now. Number seven on the list, Jeff Neal. I'm gonna be fucking honest. I don't know a lot about Jeff Neal other than him fighting Wonderboy. Don't really know anyone he's fought. I know he's a power puncher. I know he has like heavy hands. I just don't know much about him. He beat Luke, right? Yeah. Well, there's the fucking, there's a problem. I watched the fucking fight and I can't remember the dude. I mean, next, number six on the list. Steven Wonderboy Thompson. This guy is a fucking gentleman. I have had the pleasure of meeting this guy at Karate Combat. Hey, Wonderboy, we can take our clothes off and dance, baby. Let's do it. Yeah. Doing some kind of flow sparring with him and just talking to him mentally. A striker to striker, like I'm absolutely a striker. I was always kind of in the attitude of growing up as like, I'd love to fight Wonderboy. For nothing other than, I'd love to test myself against him. And like to this day, I, I, I fucking love the guy. Hey, Steven, wanna put on a show and fight? It's like, all right, look, I ain't trying to hurt you. I just wanna fight. Like, let's do what we do. If you knock me out, cool. If I knock you out, cool. Like, let's have, fucking get some pizza afterwards and have a good time. And even the fact that he is a striker, but has tirelessly worked so well on his takedown defense and has got it to so good that like you've seen people struggle against him. Like even Gilbert Burns, one of the best grapplers on the planet, couldn't really do much against him because Gilbert couldn't let go of him. Because if he did, Wonderboy was back up. That in and of itself is an underestimated skill set. If I was to ever share the cage with him, it would be an absolute honor and it would be nothing but a respectful fight. You are someone who I've watched growing up and I think you're phenomenal and I just would for more than anything, from my kind of unselfish point of view, just love to see how it goes. Next on the list, a fucking other friend. Number five, my boy, Gilbert Dorino Burns. This guy is a fucking savage. I love Gilbert, I love his family. I love like ev everything about him, like his wife, his kids, they're all fucking awesome. And they just all have the same energy. They're all badass. They're all fucking cool. He's just a cool person and a guy who knows the energy he possesses. Like he walks into a room, top dog's in the room. Okay, everyone watch out. Like he's here. Like everyone feels it. My ego is 10 times bigger than his. I'm far more mouthy. He just walks in and like, yeah, I'm here. What's up? That big dick energy. Like he's got it. When nobody wanted to fight the boogeyman, this guy went, I don't give a fuck who he is. I'll take him. His grappling is sensational. There's a reason he's a three-time world champion. He can't spar the way he fights because he fucking killed people. And me and Gilbert are sparring. I'm like, piecing him up on the feet. I'm like, mate, this isn't real. Like, this isn't, like, I know this isn't how it would be. I can see that you're gonna fucking wind that up in a fight and swing it, like, with all the fucking power you've got. He is someone who I've looked up to, another teammate of mine, another reason why I went to the gym that I've chosen to be at. Again, one, two, three, I'll train at fucking Killcliff. How can I not want to surround myself with that talent and learn from those guys? As you can tell, I have a lot of fucking energy. I'm, a, I'm, I get hyped on fight week. Like, I wanna fucking sing, I wanna dance, I wanna fight i want to fucking just i feel it i feel it in my fucking blood like it's pumping like i get so much adrenaline and that adrenaline rides through the whole fucking fight week some people get that adrenaline dump i don't i feed off it me and gilbert are backstage he's looking at me i'm like fucking squeezing my opponent's arse like rubbing the back of his shoulders asking him how he is he's like man you're fucking crazy he's like if i was your opponent i'd I tell you the fuck off. I was like, yeah, I just annoy you, mate. So afterwards, anyway, we're on the bus back and I'm like, Gilbert, what are you doing later? Do you wanna go get food? Do you wanna like get like the family, like his wife, his kids, my wife, our kids, we're all there. I was like, let's go, like I'll meet up later on, go get like, and he was like, I'd like a pasta or something. So we get back to the hotel and about an hour later, his, his wife comes into my wife and says, Layla, um, I understand we were all going for dinner, but um, 
Yeah, Gilbert psychologist doesn't think it's a good idea to be around Ian Gary because he's just too much energy and Gilbert's fucking agitated and I'm like Fucking great! He's about to fight Kamza. Let him have all the fucking energy he needs. Let him go in there with fucking fire up his arse. And then I'm like, fuck's sake, fire up his arse. Liftoff, we have a liftoff. Number four. Belal's number four. This guy's number four. Four! Okay, I'll put him number five on my list. I don't think he beats Gilbert, but let's respect it. I spoke a little bit about Bilal earlier on. Obviously, he beat Sean Brady recently. Bilal, tough. I think I've seen something today about the Namagamadov family. It will only do well for Bilal to be with that gym or to be around those guys. And Bilal is someone who, he's not amazing anywhere. And I don't think he would take that as a disrespect because I think he understands it. He is just a very, very, very well-rounded fighter who has a lot of tools, but isn't exceptional at any of them. I think his confidence at the moment, I see him having a lot of confidence talking shit about people online and saying how like fucking Masvidal won't fight Gilbert, how fucking someone's waiting for someone, how yada, yada, yada. I think that attitude's very powerful for a fighter. It's, it's a strong thing. If I was to ever fight him, I mean, he'd be shooting for his life. I mean, I told you, I'm gonna prove I'm the best fucking striker in the UFC history. That's my goal. I want people, when they talk about me, I want them to go, that guy's one of the best strikers. The UFC has ever seen. When we think of that, there's three people I think of. Anderson Silva, Stephen Wonderboy, and you think of Israel Adesanya. I want my name in that, that conversation. Next on the list, at number three. Smash everybody. Kamzat Shemaev. Where do I start? Obviously, I'm one of the most dominant rises, one of the, the fastest rising talents prospects that the UFC or MMA has ever seen. A phenomenal wrestler with a fucking attitude that he can kill anyone, middleweight and welterweight. As he says, kill everybody, smash everybody. Yeah, I'm like killer, you know, they pay for me, I kill somebody. Another guy on this list who's undefeated, <laughs> me included. Yeah, he's a bad man. He's a bad, bad man. He is someone who I think poses a lot of threats for both weight divisions. I think he could beat Pereira tomorrow. I think he can beat Leon tomorrow. Potatoes. Yeah, I can see Kamzat being the double champ, absolutely. I think he has the skills, he has the mindset, he has the potential, and he's someone who I am 110% gonna lock horns with at some point. And I know if even my best mate has spoke to me before, he's like, ah, oh, no, man, don't fight Kamza. I'm like, that fight's gonna fucking happen one day. And when it happens, I'm gonna be fucking ready for him. And he's gonna shoot, he's gonna shoot, and I'm gonna have everything that's fucking ready for that. And that day will come, and I look forward to it. And we'll both be undefeated, and one of us is gonna leave there, and one of us is gonna have a one on that mark and it won't be me. Number two on the list, Colby Covington. Yeah, let's just skip him. Number one on the list, Colby would be the champion if it wasn't obviously for Usman. He is the elite welterweight, like everything about him, like he has got a phenomenal gas tank, but I don't see what's so special about him. He can't strike for shit, I don't think. I think he just puts volume together because he lacks sharpness, he lacks like that crisp technique. He uses like simple stuff, which wins fights, simple and basic shit wins fights. He doesn't have that if factor on the feet. I mean, the only reason we all talk about him is because he's a dickhead, because he put on this persona of he's an arsehole and people talk about him, that's it. His gas tank is the best thing about him. If he didn't have a gas tank, he'd be shit. On this list, he'd be the one person I'd, I'd really enjoy fighting. Just because I don't believe that he'd have a better gas tank than me, he wouldn't beat me on the feet. He'd absolutely have to take me down. He's obviously a great wrestler and I'm never gonna be a better wrestler than him because he's had this whole American kind of lifestyle growing up in college wrestling. He's gonna be a better wrestler than me. 
But try asking me when I put a fucking teep through your face or put a knee in there and you try close that distance now or try close that distance in there when I jab you in the fucking face. Every time you step forward, I'm gonna crack you with a fucking jab right in that fat face of yours. Yeah, there you go, that's about it. Um, Usman obviously was the pound for pound number one until he got kicked into the shadow realm by Leon Edwards. When he fights people, he like faints like that, like he's gonna grab the legs. And I said, I fucking wait till the second he does that and I pop one over his skull. And you go watch the fights. There was a number of times where he like plays that long game and does that. And it's just a faint. It's only trying to get someone back so he can catch them. And then they sat to, oh, takedown's there. It slows people down. It kind of makes them plant themselves in the ground, be ready for that takedown. He's got a fucking huge head though. So it's a massive target to hit. So jab and fucking scalp him with a kick. That would be my attitude. And do not let him get a hold of you. I have been told that he's so fucking strong. As if he didn't look it, right? As if he didn't look it. The pound for pound head kick man himself. The champion, UFC welterweight kingpin, Leon. Rocky Edwards. I like his fellow teammate and his coach, Tom Breeze, a lot. I think Tom has a lot of talent. And when you're going up there and you have the potential to spar and do rounds with Leon Edwards, the champion in my division, it only makes fucking sense to kind of go up there. He's a lovely bloke. He made me get a root canal recently by kicking me in the fucking face. He's a dickhead for that, but I, I respect him. I'm only joking. I'm interested now in the next fight between him and Usman because let's say the one person who he's always wanted to get that, that win back against was Usman. He did that. Now, when you take into consideration you're going in to fight a guy who beat you already, that guy's the champion of the division and that guy dominated the welterweight scene for quite a lot of time. And then Leon comes in to fight that man, the guy that's already beaten him. And he's trying to get that win back. Mentally, for, for Leon, that's a lot. And he was getting beat up on that fight. I mean, we all seen his corner in the last round. Fucking light a fire in his arse. And he needed that. Like, he was, he was beaten. He was beaten by someone who was getting taken into the fucking deep end and dragged around. And he pulled out this fucking beautiful head kick. Put that fucking belt around his waist. Now you tell me in that rematch, you put that guy who has, like, avenged his loss, comes back and fucking this, like, just a devastating knockout that shocks the whole MMA world. Now you tell me when they fight again that that guy's not gonna have more self-belief. That guy's not gonna walk in there with more confidence. God, I did it last time. What? I did it last time. You ragdolled me for 20 something minutes and I still put you unconscious. What makes you think that I'm not gonna be able to find that shot again? That's what makes a fucking champion. That's what makes people like him special is they still fucking go. He's gotta be bulletproof up there going into that fight. Very, very interesting. When I look at this list, right, friends included, people I've trained with included, I'm not scared by anyone. I don't look at this list and go, oh, I, I wouldn't want to fight him. Like, I have no problem working my way through fucking 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and then taking the fucking belt and going, that's it, I'm done, I proved it. I see myself being in the top 10, potentially champion within the next two years. My goal is to have three fights a year every year. If I was to do three fights a year for five years, it's 15 fights in the UFC. How many fighters do you know that was 15 fights in the UFC? I'm 3-0 in the UFC. When I go 6-0 this year in the UFC, I'm gonna be there or thereabouts. And then the next year is just go pick off one from each area and then fight the champion. So I believe within the next two years, I will be top five, if not champion.